Welcome to the Invincible Innovation Show, the podcast for changemakers. Each week, I talk to the most fascinating entrepreneurs and innovation leaders about innovation, strategy, and design. Hey, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about developing the leader within. Welcome to Invincible Innovation Live Show. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm Adima Zorkario, Product Innovation and Value Creation Expert, and I'll be your host. And today I have a very, very special guest. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Adi. How are you doing? I'm good. Kevin Neal is the uh, an author, speaker, trainer, life and leadership coach. Kevin Neal is a speaker and trainer and coach who loves to see people grow and achieve their potential. He has a passion to help people connect with their purpose and recognize the, the strength that lies in uniting with others. Wow, sounds so interesting. We're live on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook, and you're so invited to join the discussion and ask questions. So let's start with what is this leader within us? What do you mean when you're saying leader within? There is a uh, ingrained leader within all of us, which often we don't realize. Um, we're we're uh, created to lead, first of all, ourselves. Um, most people don't understand what leading yourself means. And if you cannot lead yourself, you cannot lead others. Uh, what There's something that I, that I tell people all the time. I say that uh, you can't lead yourself if you don't know yourself. And I've realized that a lot of people go through life not realizing who they really are. They don't understand their, their story. And um, one thing about understanding your story is knowing what made you who you are, knowing where you come from, knowing what drives you. And I, I tell people this, that all of us are in, in um, if we really understand that we are read by all people each and every day, we are books. And yes. I, I say that because each day we're writing a new page in, in the book. Yeah, but and we are the writers. Yes. We're, we're well, writing it. Yes. The, the problem is, though, is that most people don't write their story. They read their story. Yeah. They allow other people to write the story for them. Um, if, you, if you look at uh, often, people will follow a path that has already been planned for them. Had, they, they've been told this is what you should do. They've been told right. this is where you should go to school. This is how you yeah. should uh, follow your, your life's plan. But actually, uh, that is not what their heart tells them they should be doing. That is not what their heart tells them they, they should be going. What they're doing is following someone else's, else's plan. And if you're doing that, you're not the headliner of your story. You are only a, a uh, afterthought. You're, 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 you're someone who's thrown in there by someone else. So you're not actually writing your story. You're allowing somebody else to write your story, and you're becoming an extra in their story. Yeah, but, but when I think about, like, I totally agree, but most people would say, okay, we're part of a society, we're part of a group, we're part of a family, we have parents, we have friends, uh, and we want to make other people proud of us and to be part of what their story is and what they think. Mm -hmm. And most people would try to make their parents proud and, mm -hmm. and, and make them happy. And, and they don't see it as something bad, right? They say, okay, I, I want to do something good. That's a good thing to right. make your 
parents, please, please. I, I agree. I agree totally. We we all want to make uh, those that we love proud, but when it comes at the cost of our own happiness, when it comes at the cost of our our own um, fulfillment, because that's what that's what we're talking about: fulfilling our our lives, fulfilling our lives' purpose. And when um, someone else's desire for us or someone else's plan for us impinges upon our our own um, purpose, then it becomes a problem. Yeah. So we have to we have to uh, figure out what is our purpose, what am I called to this earth to do, and what makes me fulfilled. And if what my mother wants me to do, my father wants me to do, my friends and family want me to do, even the society around me, if that's uh, impinges upon what fulfills me, then that's a problem. Yeah. I totally agree. You know, I have like four kids and, and three of them are teenagers and we have lots of discussions of, of you know, like it's kind of obvious what they should do. Mm. They need to be good in math. They need to be like in tech. They need to make money. They that's, That means that they are successful. Like mm. there is this very clear path, which is success. Right. right. And, and we're having these discussions and, and, and it's much more frightening to find out yourself. If you don't have these guardrails, right? Right, right. But I, I, I think we should understand that um, success is defined differently by everybody. Right. Uh, I cannot follow your uh, definition of success, and uh, because what I'm going to do is compare everything that I do all of my life to what you consider is success. And if I don't measure up, it leads to low self-esteem in me. It leads to me feeling like I'm not good enough. I'm not doing what uh, I should be doing. But when I develop my um, standard of success, then I can follow that. And I'm not competing against anybody. I'm not comparing myself to anybody. The only only person that we should ever be comparing ourselves to is the best of us. So yeah. I, I compare myself to how how uh, how much better I can be. Okay. So if I'm not doing everything to the best of my ability, then I, I need to pull up, yeah. but uh, I, I can't measure myself to somebody else because nobody else's story is my story. Nobody else's yeah. path is my path. Yeah. You know, like we, we, when I think about it, like we're always comparing ourselves. It's like something yeah. innate in the way that we uh, perceived reality by mm. comparison like they're right. better we're less they're more we're more whatever it's always compared to something and it seems to me that our society has this very strict rules of what is success what is mm. a successful person and right. it's, it's usually related to uh, financial stability or or yes. even more uh, and and it's related to the way it's perceived mm. like if somebody's famous He's successful. Right. If he has really good pictures on on, on Instagram, <laughs> they're probably famous. If, if they're thin, they're they're probably successful. Right. Like, it's all these things which are external, mm -hmm. right? It's, it could be seen and it looks like that, but mm -hmm. as I perceive, because you know, I, I'm not I'm not a teenager anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the things that I understand is internal. The success right. is so much. You cannot really see it. You, you can see someone he, he, which looks so successful, mm -hmm. but actually he feels really bad inside. Right, right. And and I think that um, often, especially in this day 
of social media. It has created uh, this uh, this sense of success and this sense of of uh, achieving that is is really not true. It's it's a fake sense of of success and and achieving because what people do is they'll they'll put a highlight reel basically on their Instagram, a highlight reel on their Facebook. That is only showing you the good things that have happened. They're not talking about the yeah. bad things that are happening, the, the, the things that they're de dealing with. And, and that goes along uh, back to our, our initial question about leading ourselves. When we understand that I cannot follow uh, after a highlight reel of someone else, uh, I'm leading my own path. I'm, I'm traveling the path that, that I feel uh, has been uh, designed for me and that will lead me to my destiny. Otherwise, if I try to follow somebody else's path, follow their Instagram, follow their Facebook and so forth and, and try to keep up with that, I will always feel like I'm underachieving. I will always feel like I'm not doing enough. Yeah. But don't you think people are saying I, I'm getting inspired when I, like I would say that my my kids are into base, baseball all the time mm -hmm. and they're talking about, you know, like um, I know. LeBron James, whatever, and <laughs> I, I, I hear about LeBron James much more than I hear about my neighbors and people around me. Like the, the name is like so much in my ear, ears. Right, right. I understand. Yeah, but, but it looks that if you're very, if you know what you want, you have the grit, you have the talent, you're going through life and you're doing what you want to do. It looks like an inspiration. It's not like I cannot be LeBron James, but it's like I'm inspiring to have what he has. Yes. Yeah. I, and I, I do understand that. And I agree with inspiration. We need to uh, have those that inspire us. We need to have those around us who cause us to bring our, our game to a higher level. And, and that's a good thing. But when we get to the place that we uh, compare ourselves in the sense that we say, uh, I'm not as good as them, so I don't feel good about myself, that it, it damages a person's self-image. And we, we've got to understand, okay, that's LeBron James. That's not me. It, it's inspiring me to do better, to be a better me. But it's, I, I can't say that because I can't do what LeBron does. Uh, I'm, I'm nobody. Uh, I'm, I'm not good. I'm not good enough. Uh, and yeah. and that's, that is the problem. Yeah. When you talk to leaders, do you see them perceiving success in the same way do, because if they're a leader is they might say okay i know what i need to do i know exactly what's my path mm -hmm. are they more self-secure than others i i think that that uh has two answers first of all there there are leaders who are who seem very secure who seem very uh confident who inwardly really are very insecure and um you, you, you see that through uh, the way that they lead. Um, leaders who are secure don't have to constantly uh, stand around or yell and say, I'm the leader, I'm the leader, I'm the leader. Uh, if you're a leader, you know you're the leader. You, you don't have to scream and shout. You don't have to exert your authority uh, all the time and make people feel bad. But usually a, a leader who does that is a leader who really is insecure himself. And he has to constantly mm -hmm make that uh, declaration that he's a leader because he really inside doesn't really believe that he's a leader, doesn't really feel like he's a leader. So he has to constantly make that declaration and make other people feel like I'm the leader. So yeah. you have that side, but you also have those uh, leaders who are confident within themselves 
And you could tell that by the way that they lead. A leader who is confident within themselves doesn't uh, always have to exert authority. Um, yeah. He he uh, He's able to empathize with those that he leads. He's able to understand those that he leads. And he also is able to put, place himself in their shoes. So um, a, a leader that, that really feels that he's called to be a leader and feels that he's uh, able to lead, he doesn't have to exert that kind of uh, fake authority. Yeah. How does he know that he is meant to lead? What tells him that this is what he needs to do? I, I think that uh, leaders, and, and, and let me say this first, that there are no quote unquote born leaders. Uh, leadership is is learned. Now you, you may have uh, gifts and talents that enhance your leadership and really help you to be a good leader, but there are no born leaders. Leadership has to be learned and anybody can learn leadership. But um, getting back to your question, what was your question? <laughs> get How off. do they know that they were born to lead? Like that's their purpose. How do you know that? You, you, you find that, that and, and this is not just with leadership, this is with uh, practically any uh, vocation or, or purpose in life. You find that you're, you're doing things um, leadership wise, you'll find yourself uh, carrying yourself in a way You'll find yourself in places where you're asked to um, chime in on certain things, lead people in a certain way, ask for uh, uh, direction, and you have not even put yourself in that position. So uh, a, a leader will know that that's what they're called to do because that's what they're doing anyway. If I put it that way, when when, when you when you're when you're a leader, you you just you just exude leadership and people see that in you. So they come to ask you for direction. They come to ask you for, you know, guidance. They come to ask you for your opinion. They, they come to ask you for some type of direction because it's in you. It's, it's just naturally in you. Yeah. But you know, when we're talking about um, uh, organizations, companies, they're, mm -hmm. they're built in a certain structure mm -hmm. and there is a bias. Mm. who's supposed to be a leader. Right. And sometimes they select more or less the same leaders that they currently have. Right, right. Uh, and then um, you need to be really sure that it's yours. Yes. Yeah, you I will agree. not be I agree. called upon uh, to do so. Right. I, I am, I am um, currently working on my doctorate and I'm, I'm doing my dissertation uh, on mentorship as it relates to leadership succession. And I, 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 as in my research, I've, I've come to realize that, and that there are a lot of uh, leaders who are simply uh, a leader in position only. And when you're a leader in position only, you just care about keeping your position. But a lead, a true leader, a true leader, uh, mentors those that he sees leadership in. A true leader is able to recognize those who have leadership capability, recognize those who have that natural uh, ability to, to cause people to gravitate toward them and so forth. And he will bring that person to the side to him and begin to mentor him and help him to make that uh, 
pivot into that leadership role. In uh, in business, often you don't have that same type of mentality. Um, as you said, you know you see the same leaders, you know, uh, just rotating basically, and um, there is a need for uh, leaders, real leaders, to mentor uh, those who are under them when they see the leadership potential within them. Uh, it 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 leaves a hole in organizations when they don't mentor those who uh, show that leadership ability. And often mm-hmm. you see, well, often you see uh, com- companies and corporations pulling people from outside the organization to lead, and that that in itself causes a problem because first of all, they don't understand the culture of the uh, of the organization because they have not been there. So now you have a a new leader in an organization who's trying to lead people who have a different culture. So he's trying to actually catch up uh, by by learning the culture and leading at the same time. So you 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 have this clash because people within the organization feel like, okay, you have you just came here, you don't understand this culture, yeah, and and you're trying to tell us what to do, and and it's, it causes a problem. Okay, so we we said that people are sometimes leading. Um, and they need to mentor people. And what I wanted to ask before we had this talk is that the fact that you mentor some someone means mm-hmm. that you're not threatened by them. Absolutely. And it's okay that they will know whatever you know. Right. And in place, you are one of the leading positions in, in the future. Right, right. And 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 that is, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head uh, about uh, leaders feeling threatened and feeling insecure. And that, that goes along back to what we talked about earlier about leaders not really feeling uh, secure about their leadership. Um, if you're not as secure in your leadership, you, you might feel threatened by someone who has uh, leadership abilities and they may have leadership abilities and gifts that you don't have. And therefore it makes you feel kind of self-conscious and feel like maybe, you know, uh, I shouldn't help this person uh, because they are more uh, in a place where I am not. So that that is a a, a difficult, uh, I guess, pill to swallow as a leader. You yeah. have to be in, you have to be in a place where you're not threatened. And and it's related to what you see in yourself. If you're sure that this is your story and you're building your story and mm-hmm. this is how you perceive your career, it's okay that you pass on your knowledge and you mentor others. Right. Right. Whether if if you see it as like me and my um, I need to go through that. I need to go and step on this ladder going mm-hmm. up and up. And I don't care about people I leave like behind. Right. It right. means that I will be less prone to mentor anyone. Yes. And, and we have to look at, and I'm speaking of leaders, leaders have to look at uh, themselves as being uh, not a permanent leader or not in a permanent position, but look at themselves always as being an interim. Because yeah. we're we're never going to be in in a, that leader leadership position forever. None of us, uh, whether whether it be through retirement, whether it be through death, whether it be through a a catastrophe, uh, a catastrophe, we're never going to be in that leadership position forever. So we have to live like that. Okay, I'm not going to be in this position forever. So if I care about this organization, if I care about this company, if I care about this group, I'm not going to. Uh, put them on this road to being in a place where 
when I'm gone, leadership just completely dissolves. I've got to put them in a position where uh, if I leave, whatever the case may be, it will be a smooth transition from myself to the next person that comes in. Yeah, I, I think that most people don't think about the company, the organization first. They're mm. thinking about themselves and how can I prove myself as a big leader and, and, and take this company forward and show that I can and show my abilities and praise right. myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. what comes to my mind. And, yes. Yes, and and I I understand that that a lot of um, leaders in positions um, don't care about the company; they just care about themselves. They care about um, the the uh, bottom line as far as the the economics and uh, uh, prestige and and so forth. So uh, you have to look at what is uh, the motivation of the leader. What is, what is your motivation for leading? Are, are you really concerned about uh, this company, this this group, this this organization doing better, or are you concerned about you? And that's all. And when you have those kinds of leaders that that are only concerned about themselves, it's it's terrible. It's a terrible leadership, uh, uh, and the group knows that the leader is only thinking about themselves. So, what do you think is is something that holds most people back from being their best self? I think. Um, and, 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 and I would go back to, to what I initially talked about earlier. Uh, one of the things that hold people back from being their best selves is they don't know their story. And they're following the path that someone has laid for them, or they're following the path that they've seen others follow. And they really don't know what their story is. So when you don't know your story, again, you can't write your story. And the only way to write your story uh, is to go back and understand what brought you to the place that you are. And only a leader that, that knows their story can become their best self as a leader. So when you're coaching these leaders, how do you help them find their stories? Well, it has to be uh, something that they have to deep, dig deep down within and say, okay, looking back on my life, if I consider what I felt called to do when I was a child, when I felt uh, uh that I was in the zone, as they say, in a place where I could be free to uh, feel what I feel. Because, you know, as we get to be adults and so forth, you're, you're in a place often that you, you're not able to feel free to feel whatever you feel, uh, especially in this culture of um, political correctness and, and being right. You're not able to feel what you really feel. So go back to that time to where you were really able to feel what you wanted to feel and not concerned about what people thought about you around you, not considered about um, uh, thinking about how people perceive you, thinking about um, making mom and dad happy, make, making, you were thinking about you and what really fulfilled you. Okay, when you find that place, then you begin to uh, build from that. If that, that place is not resident in where you are now, then somewhere you left the path. Yeah. Somewhere you left the path. You, you have to figure out where you left the path. And, and uh, I know at, at times we get to a place, even in the corporate world where we uh, are now um, 
in a position where we're you know doing the daily nine to five, the the business grind, and you know we're working hard and we're we've placed ourselves in a position where it's hard to pull back and look and, and see what am I really happy? Am I really being fulfilled in this that I'm doing? And um, sometimes it's now you have a family, you know, how can I pull back and really fulfill my passion? And I've got a family to take care of and I, I'm, I'm invested in this job and it, it's difficult, but if you, yeah, if you really want to, yeah. But if you really want to be fulfilled, you have to, to weigh it out. Okay. Which, which is better um, being fulfilled or continuing in this place that I'm in and just being miserable. It's, it's a golden cage in many cases, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I have the experience and I, I'm with this professional role for so many years. Maybe inside the company, I have a specific role, which is a good one for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm used to that. I don't need to prove myself. Everybody, everybody knows me. So I'm just saying I have a good salary. I have a good prestige and, and role. So it's enough for me. And mm -hmm. most people, even if it's not really making them happy, would say, okay, I'm making a living. And mm -hmm. I have hobbies if I want to have like a better time in my vacation. Mm -hmm. And and that's enough for me. Most people, mm -hmm. I think that most people, this is what they would say. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think that, um, yes, that, that would be uh, the situation a lot of times. But also I think that um, even money will not fulfill a, a sense of lack within you that that is not connected to your purpose because yeah. you can have all the money in the world and be miserable you can have yeah. you can have uh, um, ten thousand people following you and still be miserable i, I yeah. look at all the, i look at all the enter entertainers and um uh people in positions of power and see how many of them have problems with uh, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, and suicides. And you wonder, okay, you have all of this, everything that we uh, aspire to, but yet you're unhappy. Yet you're not fulfilled. What is that? It's, 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 it's a sense of, of not really fulfilling a purpose because you can get stuck in a place um, because it gives you money get stuck in a place because it gives you power, stuck in a place because it gives you prestige. But that, if it's not your purpose, if it, if it is not lined with uh, who you are, with who you've been called to be, then uh, you'll be miserable. And I would take, I would take miserable and without power, without money. I would take that all day. I mean, I would take uh, uh, miserable. I would, I'm, <laughs> let me, let me start over. I would take, fulfilling my purpose and being happy and being fulfilled over being miserable with money and power all day. Yeah, I totally understand. And it's related to what I said about the culture, telling you that once you have that or mm -hmm. that, it doesn't matter. Once you have money, right. you have that car, you have this position, you weigh this much, whatever. It doesn't matter what is, what right. is society telling us. We believe that once we have that, and yeah. we'll mm -hmm. be happier. We'll get there. Right. And and most people are not thinking about their own purpose. Mm -hmm. I, I think that most people are thinking about um, how do I um, be the best version of what I think I should be. 
Mm-hmm. What is the what is success? Right. And it comes from outside, and 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 it's it's something that is so ingrained in, in the way that we perceive the world. Right. That just stopping for a minute, you know, mm-hmm. from this, you know, um, rat race, stopping for a minute and just mm-hmm. thinking, and and you see many people doing that from the from the time of the corona. They just stop. Mm-hmm. They 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 had no option and yes. they stop. Right. And then they say, okay, okay, where do I want to go? Mm-hmm. Where do I want to reach? What's important for me? Right. And I see many people thinking about it. It doesn't mean that they left their job and did everything that they wanted, mm-hmm. but the question mark was raised. Yes, yes. And and that was a good thing. Uh, it, it forced people to to stop, take take a look and, and reevaluate. And then uh, they had a lot of people to leave jobs um, and become entrepreneurs. A lot of people to to decide to okay, I'm gonna take my 401k. I'm gonna uh, travel the world or or, or whatever. Uh, but just like you were saying, this culture that we live in keeps us so uh, wound up, keeps us so like on the hamster wheel that we don't have time to stop and think. We don't have time to stop and look uh, at life uh, in a, in another way. And um, I I just finished a book. Uh, it's, it's called Embracing Your Superpower. It's, um, it's about um, reactivating the power of imagination. And that has been something that has kind of dwindled um, in our culture. We, 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 don't, we don't celebrate imagination anymore. Um, as children, we, we grow up, we, we are full of imagination. But as we start to get older, that, that imagination is, is just kind of dumbed down and, and, yeah. and we're, we're not encouraged to, to imagine anymore. And, and even, even as, as kids, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even as kids, yeah. he's not concentrated. He has mm-hmm. ADHD. He's right. busy. Right. 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 And they, 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 they teach the kids, don't draw outside the lines, stay in the, inside the lines, uh, be, be yeah. this standardized child that we want you to be. And uh, they teach children uh, what to think and not how to think. And the problem is you grow up with adults who have had that ingrained experience. And so now they hardly imagine at all. And the only innovation that comes, and, and I say this because there's so many things that we need in this world, so many innovations that we need, so many breakthroughs that we need. And it's only going to come through imagination. Um, if we don't imagine, if we don't walk, uh go outside the lines, if we don't tread paths that have not been tread before, we'll never come up with those cures for diseases, uh, um, uh, the the innovations that will help us in our daily lives, the innovations that will change our world. We'll never have that because no imagination. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you about the imagination. I think that especially now when I think about AI, Mm-hmm. And when it comes and all the mundane tasks are done already right. mm-hmm. and the things that are easy to do, which is uh, something that you do over and over again, the same right. mm-hmm. without any imagination, mm-hmm. AI could do much better. Even mm-hmm. creative things, they could do much better, right? Right. So mm-hmm. I think that it needs to, we need to rethink about ourselves as, as, as people in this world, not only as human resources for a task or for a company or for someone else to make money out mm-hmm. of our jobs right. and our time. 
and mm -hmm. and even this is what we think about the career part mm -hmm. and our spare part uh, spare time we could think about our time being utilized for advertising in social media in, in media whatever we're mm -hmm. just we are eyeballs for them so in yes. both sides in our lives we're just consumed as as a power that somebody else is using right right and and our brains have 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 become lax. They, our brains, we don't use it as much. So, um, and, and as I was doing my research for this book, I, I found out that the brain uh, is just like any muscle in the body. If you don't exercise it, it won't uh, get stronger. And also the brain naturally doesn't want to exercise. Just like our body doesn't want naturally want to exercise, you have to force it to. And, and, and when you don't force it to, it'll continue to use the same routes that it, it always uses because that's easy. And mm -hmm. so uh, when we don't do that, and, and, and I, I asked someone not too long ago, I said, um, how many phone numbers do you remember um, that are in your phone? And they said, <laughs> one, my, my, my <laughs> own phone number. You remember, you remember the days when we would remember several phone numbers? We, it, just right off the yeah. top of our head, we knew them. But we don't have to do that anymore. So our brain doesn't function that like that anymore. But we've yeah. got we've got to get to the place where we understand we've got to uh, exercise this muscle of our brain. Or the more that we uh, leave it and don't exercise it, the less I'll say intelligent we become. I think the example of the, the numbers really makes sense. But most people will say, okay, we don't need it. Somebody else is remembering for us our mobile phones are doing it. The question is, what are the other things we could remember or could use? Mm -hmm. And I know from uh, research on people getting old that one of the things that really makes them still be sharp and don't have like any mm -hmm. um, deterioration in their uh, mental state and cognitive abilities is the ability to um, be social and talk mm -hmm. to people and right. relate to people. Mm -hmm. And when you're saying this way, you, you could do that. And same goes for uh, any other mental capability. The fact that you're still reading mm -hmm. and imagining and not only consuming right. by your eyes, everything comes to you and you don't need to imagine Harry Potter right. from, the, mm -hmm. from the book, you, you get it on film. So you don't need to do that. And it's getting more and more like that, that yeah. we're just consuming. Uh, the information and not creating anything for ourselves. That's it. That's it. Which, which is much easier. Mm -hmm. When you said about this muscle, you, I have three teenagers, <laughs> and one and one who is almost a teenager, and I, I totally understand what you're saying because you just need to force them to get off of this media consumption. Mm -hmm. And now you are without it. What would you do? Right. You don't. You don't have anyone to tell you their own story, their own point of view, the way they see life, mm -hmm. the way they perceive and imagine the world. You need to do it by yourself. Right. And, right. and when we were young, we had so much time. We were bored. Right. Sometimes mm -hmm. you were bored. Mm -hmm. now, now kids are not bored anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so much media uh, that, that they fill the, their heads with um, that they don't have to be bored, but their bodies are lacking. You know, now they don't have strength, they don't have stamina, they don't have, you know, the will to do, uh, because now they're they're playing video games, they're they're um, in their social media. It's and and that is is uh, taking away from what they could be.
Yeah. And they don't have the time even to imagine mm -hmm. what they want to be. Well, right. I was thinking about it. It's not right. even imagining other than taking other people's point of view or dreams. That's it. That they created. So when you talk to people, you could you could do like in speaking or in coaching, what are the main things that you're working together on? Like well, what are I, the points people struggle with? One one of the points people uh, struggle with uh, as as it relates to leadership is that uh, <clears throat> excuse me their confidence level. Um, as we talked about earlier, people who uh, are or have been brought up in a culture that tells them what leadership looks like, tells them how leadership should be, which in most cases, uh, many of the people who are trying to tell uh, leaders how to be have not really themselves been taught and trained in how to lead. So you're, you're picking up uh, crumbs from someone who has, uh, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I, and I don't want people to think this, um, I'm not saying that if you have not been trained or if you have not had uh, um, uh, education that you cannot lead. That is not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that um, if you don't if you don't have the experience and you have not uh, built yourself up in leadership, then it's hard for you to tell someone how to lead. Um, my, my mentor, John Maxwell, says that uh, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. So you have to first know the way. You have to know the direction uh, that a leader should go. And after you learn how to know the way, then you go the way yourself. First of all, the first thing is leading yourself. I, I go the way. And then you show the way. You don't keep it to yourself. You don't you don't hoard that knowledge. You share it with those around you, share it with other leaders. Um, but if you don't know the way, and if you don't know the way, you're not going to go the way. But you have people who don't know the way, don't go the way, and are trying to show the way. So yeah. that 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 is that is uh the thing that we're trying to get to is first of all, helping people to know the way. Okay, what what is leadership? What does it mean? And and uh, again, my 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 mentor, uh, John Maxwell, says that leadership is influence, nothing more, and nothing less. So, if you know the way, you you lead people, and you you show the way, or you go the way yourself, leading yourself, and then you show the way. Then that that's what makes a leader. So we 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 go through those those three three steps. How do I know the way? How do I go the way? And then how do I show the way? Yeah. So it goes back to the fact that it comes from within. Yes. Most business schools will tell you about the outside, like the finance, the way mm. that you manage people, the way right. that you are getting there. Mm -hmm. And it's not about me and my story, the way I perceive my own life, what I want to achieve, what is meaningful, what gives me a, a, a sense of purpose. Mm -hmm. Most people don't think about it. I, I don't know, maybe in business school today, they do have some kind of, of that, but I never heard about it. No. And, and yeah, I think. It's, it's lacking, yeah. It's, it's yeah. really lacking in, in, uh, in education. And um, it's, it's something that often leaders have to learn outside of the school, 
outside of education um, because they, they don't teach that. They, they teach the fundamentals of um, business, finance, and that kind of thing. And um, they really don't get into um, the essentials of relationships, the essentials of people skills, um, and those kind of things. Those are the kinds of things that you, you have to go elsewhere to find out. Yeah. But when we're talking about purpose, we're not saying about, I want to be rich or I want to be famous and I want to be the CEO of the company. Mm -hmm. we're, right. we're talking about something which is more inherent and, and it's more essential for me. So mm -hmm. give me an example of a, a process that you went through with one of your, uh, the people that you coached and uh, went from outside to inside. Okay. Um, well, there's a, a, a case of uh, a young man that um, I was coaching and um, he seemed to have everything together on the outside. Um, he had been in the military, he had uh, gone to school and, um, but he, he sensed that there was something else for him to do other than uh, the natural progression of leadership. Uh, and he, I guess, to a degree was afraid to follow that because again, we get caught up in that. I want to please people. I want to please mom. I want to please dad. I want them to be, uh, I want them to be proud of me. Right. Um, so, but when you, when you, when you dug down deep into um, what his heart was telling him, uh, he came to a place where he realized, okay, I, I appreciate the things that, success will give me as far as um, what people say success is. But the freedom that I feel in doing this other thing, it may not line with what other people want me to do or other people think I should do, but it brings me peace. It, it, it is my connection with the world. And um, he saw that and he decided, okay, I'm, I'm going to take a different path. And he was, he was a, a, like I say, a fairly young man um, in his 30s. And um, he decided he, he decided to make that change and said that I, I don't care now what people think or what people feel. I, I have decided to follow this passion that's within me because that's where I know that I connect with the world. And I know that if I follow that passion, things will work out eventually. And, and, and that, that is one thing that I have found out. We think that if we follow the path that is already paved, that that is the road to success for us. But if you if you are successful in the eyes of the world and are unhappy or unfulfilled, that it doesn't match up. But I, I found out that if you follow your passion, your passion will always fuel your success. So if you follow your passion and, and you're and you're diligent about it, it will fuel your success. Yeah, I, I think that most people don't see the power of enjoying what they're doing and mm -hmm. and feeling that it's your purpose. And when you, you meet people that you see they're so enthusiastic about what they're doing, mm -hmm. you, you just sense that they're they're just happy to wake up in the morning and go to do this position and go right. to do this specific project, whatever. And it makes you, and sometimes you, you, 
you feel that, yeah, I want to join them. I want mm -hmm. to be part of that. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking about leadership, making people want to be part of your vision, of your, uh, the way that you perceive or imagine the future of the company, uh, you cannot do it without enthusiasm, right. without being fulfilled with what yes. you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you think about how many people uh, wake up every morning dreading going to work. And they and they yeah. may they may be uh, uh, high executives, uh, have plenty of money, plenty of, of what society calls success, but just dread going to work every morning. Yeah, that's that's a terrible place to be. Yeah, I, I, and you know that there are more uh, suicides on Monday than mm -hmm. in the summer, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And and I I think that just thinking about it that we believe that we would be happy and. We would be content once we have something. And sometimes when we reach there, mm -hmm. it's so disappointing to find out that it's not there. Right. You, you got to the point and it's not there. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. So, mm -hmm. so we're almost done. I just want to ask you one last question. Mm -hmm. What is your number one tip for leaders? My number one tip for leaders. My number one tip for leaders, I guess, would be to learn who you are, learn your story and lead by your story and not by uh, what books tell you, not by uh, what some leadership guru has told you, but lead by your story. Because when you lead by your story, you can connect with people. When you connect with people, people feel it and they will follow you. Yeah. Wow, it's been really inspiring. It's, it's, I really enjoyed our talk. And you see my dog on the behind. <laughs> I, I was wondering, is that your dog? It's a beautiful dog. Yeah, you see her? Like, yes. she's so happy. <laughs> Where could people yes. hear more about your work and what you do and contact you? You can, you can check my uh, website. I am on, um, uh, my website is kdneilbuildsbridges.com. And you can check my website and all of my information is there. Wow. I totally encourage people to go and, and visit your website. And it's been such a pleasure talking to you, Kevin. So thank you for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And to all of you changemakers out there, thank you for joining us. And I'll see you soon with another innovative insight that you'll talk. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm Adima Zaukario, and you've been listening to the Invincible Innovation Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, invincibleinnovation.com, where you can learn more about our programs and my book, Innovating Through Chaos. I'll be waiting for you next week in our next episode. Thank you for listening.